Hello everybody, this is the House of Darkness, and welcome to a new episode of Real Talk. Yes, we are going to get into this. You know, I find this a, a good day for me. You know why this is a good day? Because I get to talk about the X-Men. X Anytime I get to talk about X-Men stuff, is always a good day for me. So we're going to get in this. Um, no, we're not going to talk about the Dark Phoenix trailer that that came out last night. And we're talking about like 10 o'clock last night. That is for tomorrow for Jive Talk. We are going to get in on that. And have a discussion because I watched that trailer several several times and very I'm very pleased by how it looks. But like I said, that's gonna be saved till tomorrow. What we're gonna focus on is another X Men. It's part of the same X Men franchise, but one of the movies that came out that actually introduced Sophie Turner, who is Jean Grey, who is Phoenix, who will become Dark Phoenix in February. Um, it is uh, X Men Apocalypse. A lot of people, I, I was reading, I, I look into stuff. I like how people respond to the X-Men movies because I know the X-Men movies have always been met with a level of, uh, I say I say app, apprehension, excitement, a little bit of controversy. It's like kind of up and down, left and right, and back and forth. Because you, while X-Men, which started in, in 2000, was great. It was inaccurate, but it was still great. X-Men 2 was great. It was inaccurate, but it was great. X-Men The Last Stand was horrible. X-Men Wolverine Origins was not great. It was it was flashy, but it was wrong. <laughs> um, the Wolverine almost was right. It was almost good. I mean, no, it, it almost had it. It really did. And Logan can stuff itself. Logan is the Dark Knight Rises of the Wolverine movies. And I'm telling you the truth, because... Based on certain parts of that story, it, it nullifies not only Days of Future Past, but technically nullifies Dark Phoenix because of what uh, Logan is. And I saw somebody mention that in the comments I was reading the other uh, yesterday, and I agree with that. So, Fox, y'all don't know what you're doing sometimes. Especially with the Wolverine movies, and you didn't, <laughs> y'all didn't, you guys missed the mark so hard on... On on Wolverine as a solo as in his solo films that I should slap you all in the mouth. I should slap you guys really hard in the mouth. Now, uh, I watched the video and I'm not even gonna name who who it was and blah 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 because I think he's dumb. I'm not gonna lie. I think his view about why he he did a video explaining what, how bad was X Men Apocalypse and he put it as really bad and and he explained like. Well, he sort of explained, because I'm going, I, <laughs> he never really gave examples. He never gave a real hard argument. He said the script was bad. I said, what was bad about the script? Help me out here. Well, like, what was, he's all, the, the dialogue was, let's just, hold on, let's just, and I'm not saying he's not allowed to have his own opinion. Go ahead. You can have your own opinion. But I'm going to tell you right now that uh, X-Men Apocalypse was, was, actually did very well in theaters. So, and... In your face. <laughs> I, I lost the train of thought right there. So it did well and, and well enough to get us a, a fourth movie. So let's just be let's just be real here and and consider the fact that after X Men The Last Stand, we lost all hope of a, of another X Men movie until First Class came out. And then First Class even helped us to realize that we can have a really good film even though it was still inaccurate. So let's just be let's I mean, if we're gonna get into it, here's the thing, if we're gonna get into it, we're gonna get into it like this. All the X Men movies are inaccurate. This is why I say this because let's 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 X Men First Class 
had the the first team of the X Men consisted of and, and let's let's be let's let's consider this. It consisted of Mystique, Banshee, uh, Angel, and not Warren, um, Darwin, Havoc. Yeah, Havoc before Cyclops didn't make sense. Uh, Hank. Hank is fine because he's supposed to be there. And essentially Magneto, which is, I'm not upset because Magneto actually helped build a school, helped make Cerebro, even though Hank made Cerebro first. In, in first class in the movie. So there was a lot of inaccuracies right there. Like the first class team was inaccurate right there. So did it make, did it ruin the movie? No, actually it did not. I actually thoroughly appreciate the movie and I like the fact that you kind of see the birth of the Brotherhood even though that was not the Brotherhood but you can see where it started and I, and it made me appreciate the movies because they were, you could tell they were doing, doing, not only doing a fresh take on the, on the X-Men, but we, you know, and they were showing that they can do the X-Men uniforms because they did have the blue and yellow in, in the first film. They, they, they brought them there. And you could tell in, in the Dark Phoenix movie, they're bringing them back. But, so, they know what to do. I think Days of Future Past was, like, by far their best one. Uh, X, first class was really good. Days of Future Past was fantastic, fantastic. And then we have Apocalypse, and I thought Apocalypse was great. And I finally, and it finally, and this is why I like because Apoc- Apocalypse led to Xavier realizing that he needs to start training his his students to fight because after dealing with Apocalypse and dealing with another world-ending individual, he started realizing that his school had had to be more than just a school. He because they had all this technology, they had all the stuff they're using, and but they're not. They weren't. He wasn't teaching his kids to fight because that's not what. He, that's not what his goal was. It makes sense, but then dealing with apocalypse, it made him realize there there had to be more. They had he had to do more, and that's where you get the X Men that we know in Dark Phoenix that's coming out in February. So that's why that's one of the things about apocalypse I appreciate. But let's let's address the the complaints that this video has created or that he said was wrong with the movie. Now, before I go into, there are some things he said that I partially agree with, but I partially don't. There's something, no, there's like, I think there's like two two or three things he said that I agree with way, like 100%. Like, no, he's right. He's right. But there's a lot of it, like he, he's just, he's wrong. <laughs> that he was wrong about. So, first of all, one of the things he says, he didn't understand the, that he, the apocalypse motives didn't make sense. I was like, are you are you blind to what he was doing in the movie? I was like, here's the thing. I think people tend to not understand that Apocalypse, number one, is the, I mean, they made it clear in the movie that he's the oldest living mutant recorded in history. And if you paid attention to the first movie, first part of the movie where the, he, he they introduced Apocalypse, not only was he's, he was pretty much using technology to enhance himself and to further his, his life, because and that's tip and that's typical for Apocalypse. He has he augmented himself all through the years in the comic books and uh, using using alien tech. Granted, they don't tell you he has alien tech because in order to do that, you have to bring in the fact that he he had the select one of the a celestial ship. But that, like I said, to get I was I was thinking about this before, and I and I'll kind of bring up about it towards the end. But we're gonna just address what he was talking about in the video. So and. And one of the things he always made clear was that he 
was he was ruling, or he felt that he he was meant to rule. And so the fact that he acquired his own his new set of horsemen, he grabbed uh, Xavier because he wanted to get his telepathy because he because Xavier is the strongest psionic on the planet, and uh, he wanted to use him so he can utilize his powers in order to find stronger mutants and and literally take over the world because Apocalypse is all about survival of the fittest. Whoever's the strongest will survive the coming apocalypse. And it will help breed a new world of strong and powerful individuals that he can rule over. Because he was like, well, all Apocalypse wanted to do was destroy the world. No, he didn't. No, he wasn't. Because if, that was all, if that's all he wanted to do, in Apocalypse, in, in, in X-Men Apocalypse, he had all, he used Xavier, who was attached to Cerebro, to get into the minds of every nation that had nuclear weapons and to launch them all into space. If he was trying to destroy the world, he could have used that as a chance to destroy the world using all the nuclear weapons. But that's not what he that he was getting rid of them because he's he's, he's planning on ruling, it, and the, and the whole thing he was using with Magneto and something that he was reshaping the world. And those who survived this reshaping had were fit to live because they are strong enough. That's a very apocalypse thing to do. I mean, the fact that he rebuilt his 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 uh his palace, and stuff like that. The brother was planning on ruling. He wasn't planning on destroying the world. The brother was planning on ruling because he was doing a lot of stuff in order... Here's the thing. He was doing a lot of elaborate stuff. He was just simply just going to destroy the world. It doesn't, that doesn't make sense. So, yeah, his motives were very clear. And 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 to... I, I just... Uh, uh, he's like, I don't understand what he was trying to do. Were you... I, I just feel like he wasn't watching. Were you, were, do, you not, do, do you not know how Apocalypse works? He was doing exactly what Apocalypse does, which is evolve, <laughs> get stronger, and then rule over the strongest. That's what he wanted to do, and he wanted to reshape the world in his image. He, when he was alive in his heyday, he was worshipped as a god, you know, and that's how it was in ancient Egypt. And so, what do you think he wanted to have happen again? Be worshipped like like he was a god. Let's come on, let's go. <laughs> so, and I know here's the thing. And everybody wants to bring up the controversy about his his look. They keep calling, oh, he looks like a, a, a better version of Ivan Ooze. I'm going to slap somebody in the mouth if they call him Ivan Ooze one more time. First of all, you know that's his skin color, right? That's Apocalypse skin color. Especially after he's, he started being uh, started augmenting himself. And you do understand, you got, he, uh, okay. In order for En Sabanur, by the way, En Sabanur is his birth name. In order for En Sabanur to be 100% apocalypse, he would have to enhance himself with technology. Now, for you guys who don't, under, don't understand it, you guys want a big, gigantic, robot-looking apocalypse? Would not. First of all, it, it wouldn't make sense in the movie, and this is why. Because in order for him to look like that, he needs the celestial armor. The celestial armor, it comes from the celestial ship. So for guys, so for those who don't know what the celestial ship is, let's let's even dial it back. I don't know if you guys listened to my previous episode of Jive Talk when I was talking about the movie about the Eternals, which I kind of explained what the Eternals were and they explained who the Celestials are. The Celestials, for all intended purposes, are space gods, gods from outer space. So they're space aliens who were like the oldest and the most powerful, and they're. They have part in creating different part, different parts of humanity. They had part in creating the Eternals, people like like Thanos and stuff. 
and they their technology has been used on in various things. And so in this situation in in the 4000 years, you know, I mean 4000 years ago when he, when Apocalypse was in Sabanur, he had discovered alien technology. And not only that, he discovered somebody had a celestial ship with all this technology. He killed that guy, took the ship over a celestial who talked to him and at that point named him Apocalypse. So in order for him to be the giant robot guy you guys know from the 90s cartoon and the comics, he would need the celestial ship. So to properly <laughs> to properly explain the celestial ship in that movie would not have worked. So the fa- and and that was part of the reason why his powers got bigger and bigger. Now, you know, and it's because he was augmenting himself. Granted, part of his ability, he has his Apocalypse's original powers when he was born is is uh, molecular control, and specifically over his own body. And so, once he mastered molecular control, he was able to augment himself to the point where he can give himself powers at will. You know, they didn't do that in the movie. They had him pretty much stealing powers from other mutants or cha- putting transferring all of his DNA into the body of a, a new, fresh body with powers, and then he grabs those powers onto him. That's fine. That didn't bother me. That that's that, that sounds like a very apocalypse thing to do. But in order for it to work in the movie, that's why they did it that way. Because in the comic books, he augmented himself using the Celestial ship. And then and then it gets into about him contracting these two Technoviruses and then him gaining mastery over the Technoviruses. And then that because of that, it enhanced his powers. And you know, it, it gets super deep. And so the fact that they, they kind of dialed it back in order to make him look, make him look and be a certain way made sense and to be fair he was wearing a tech suit now granted it was based off of you know egypt at the time but egypt uh we've in most in some history they have believed that egypt was the first one to even receive is either the egyptians or the mind to receive alien attack i mean you got things like stargate and like avp and other movies and stuff and stories that said that in ancient egypt they received alien technology that's how they're able to build the pyramids and blah 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 and all that stuff. So the fact that he technically already had technology, granted it wasn't a celestial ship, but he had technology that essentially created a power transference or the like the, the little bed thing he was on the patent transfer his DNA into another person. That was technology. So it it made sense that he had it. So I wasn't that surprised. I mean, he had in the comic books he had something known as the Lazarus Pit, which is his rejuvenation chamber. So he can he can use to sleep over long periods of time and heal himself and augment his abilities. So there's that, and he's also used that on on people like like Warren Worthington the third, which turned into the Archangel. So the fact that and he has the ability to do that is that is not surprising to me. So I just it just I think his look was perfectly fine for what he was because he wasn't full. He wasn't. I'm gonna tell you this right now. Apocalypse in uh, in the movie was not 100% apocalypse. He was about I would say. Yeah, he was he was probably twenty five percent of what he should have been of what he was, and and some people are like, well, I, I don't think that's fair. Well, sure, fine, it, you know, what did we get all of what he, he could have been? No, but he he still was unstoppable practically. It it took it took Jean Grey tapping in the, in into her, into her latent powers to to beat him. But the point is, is that he was still pretty unstoppable, even though he wasn't a hundred percent Lapak. He wasn't using full on cyber cybernetic he wasn't using uh, the celestial armor and stuff like that 
and he wasn't at full power. So the fact he didn't have all of his abilities, <laughs> the celestial armor, the celestial ship, and he was still unstoppable was a pretty they did a pretty good job on that. So let's just consider that. And and let's not forget that he's like like Mystique like literally severed his neck. We're talking about from like I mean, we're talking about like karate arteries and everything. Juggler, that's right there, and he survived that. And like he rehealed and everything. So let's let's not forget who we're dealing with. He he's he was pretty still he's still hardcore in the movie. <laughs> uh, one of the things he complained about was the tone. What do you what do you mean the tone? The tone wasn't right for the movie. What are you talking about? If you're you're gonna do a movie about apocalypse, he's a world he's a world changing world ending character. What what tone? Would would you would you prefer? And 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 I, and I know he was saying that like a lot of the stuff about some stuff about it was campy. First of all, let's clarify something. Do you know when this movie took place? It's supposed to take place in the '80s. You know what '80s was all about? Campiness. So yeah, no, that's fine. You know, zipper jackets and you know and, and, and doing the moonwalk and and crazy hair and stuff like that. No, that's that's fine. That that fits. It's like an acting was bland for who? You mean Cyclops? Yeah, he's bland. It's Cyclops. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's just some things I like. The acting was bland for who? I just, I just feel like it's, it's so funny to me. And and they're sitting there talking about like Jennifer Lawrence was talking about she didn't want to do it anymore. I know she mentioned that after Days of Future Past, but she's doing Dark Phoenix. So supposedly, let me let's be. Here's the thing. They supposedly Apocalypse was supposed to be. I think it was supposed to be her last movie. And but she signed on for Apocalypse, and she signed on to do Phoenix, the Dark Phoenix. So apparently she likes this movie enough. So no, she could be quiet. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying I did because I did remember reading that she was done doing the X Men films, but then she doubt she signed up to do two more. So she wasn't that hating. Now, so yeah, no, she can that, that can be quiet. They're like the he's like the CGI was like overused. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna. Here's the thing I want to ask people: Why do we always get? Why do we always get this with people that when in a movie where it's about superpowered beings doing superpowered things, people complain about CGI being used a lot? What do you want from a movie about characters, superpowered beings fighting superpowered beings and doing superpowered things? We're talking about from Quicksilver to his enhanced speed to Nightcrawler and his teleportation to to Psylocke and her powers, I mean, I mean, Apocalypse doing his thing from Magnet. I mean, how, how you, how do you want to do a Cyclops optic beam blast without CGI? How did you want to do that whole scene in Quicksilver saving all the students when the ex, when the mansion exploded without CGI? I, I, I want you to tell me how that was going to work. Which, by the way, people love that scene. That was one of their favorite parts in Apocalypse. So, but I I want you to ask I want you to tell me how it was too much and the fact that they were, Magneto was using his powers at time and actually they were augmented to tap into all the electric electromagnetic fields on around the Earth to pull all the metal towards him. How were you gonna do that without CGI? I just I want I, wa I want to know I just I want I want to I want to know I, I want to know. So I'm just saying. <laughs> It, it, it's just we're not even how do you now you know i just i just i don't i know i know what they mean uh because i know they talk there's some movies where there's you know they used cgi for certain parts of fights 
and you're like, why? If the guys, if the people who actually did the scene did a really good job, why'd you CGI certain parts? I get that because there's certain times, like they did that in a not Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, the, the fight between Obi Wan and Anakin. They CGI them in like a couple of scenes. I'm like, why? If you watch the behind the scenes of them doing that fight scene, they did a really good job. I mean, it was scary good. They, they the precision, the speed, and everything. So why did you, there's, there's like a couple of scenes they CGI, and I didn't understand why they did that. Like they like literally replaced their bodies. It was like I didn't understand why they did it. You know, so I understand that to a certain degree. But in a movie, like I said, the, this is a movie about X Men characters fighting apocalypse. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't see why, I don't see how CGI was going to be overused in a situation like that. So he can be quiet about that. Um, he said that there was no character development. Now he's right to a certain degree because some characters didn't didn't get development. Like Archangel didn't get developed, Psylocke didn't get developed, uh, Storm uh, had a little bit of development, not really. Uh, Scott and Jean. A little bit, not really. I think Quicksilver did because he was about he his whole his whole arc was about you know finding his dad, which is Magneto. So yeah, uh, Magneto had an arc. Well, here's the thing: I think people tend to not realize with these first class movies, the the I'm gonna be dead honest here. I'll th- I've thought about this because you know in most stories, like who you think is the first, who's the main character of the mo- of the story. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna be dead honest with you. The main character of the first class movies is Xavier and Magneto. Let's be real. Because the movie started, first class started with them. And each movie is about their relationship. It really is. It really, even though Days of Future Past had Wolverine going back in time, it was still about their relationship and how they both reacted to after, after the first, after first class, after they parted ways, what they both do. You know, and then, like, when they finally were back together, like, they're interacting. I mean, it literally, these movies are about them, too. And and it's just them dealing with whatever is happening. Because, once again, they're back to dealing with each other. Again. And so, the the, the characters that get the most development, are, in all honesty, are Magneto and Xavier. And I, I, I'm not saying that's fair. It's just how it is. <laughs> it literally, that's just how it is. You can tell that's what the that's who the story the story's focus is on mostly, and they they try to give Mystique a bigger arc for some reason, and she's not supposed she shouldn't have been. Here's the thing, and I think people like tend people wonder why, and if people go, it's because of Jennifer Lawrence. No, it's partially because in the X Men movies they gave Mystique a big role, which is fine because Mystique's she's good at what she does, you know, infiltrating assassinations, spy work that, I mean, with her, with her mutant powers, it, it makes it easy for her, sabotage. It makes it easy for her to do a lot of things, but you can tell in, in the first X-Men movie in X-Men United, yeah, not so much in last stand and a little bit in these movies, they, they give her a huge role more than she should because mystique as a character in the comic books, to me personally, mattered in only in certain certain situations. She was still, like I said, she's still really good. She's a marksman, which they never really do have her have her do a lot of gun work in these movies, because people don't realize that she's like a marksman. She's very, I mean, clearly good at hand to hand combat. But the point is, is that she's 
there's more to her abilities that it really didn't show. Even in the early movies, they really they showed like her ability to fight hand to hand. But like the fact this girl can like shoot people from miles away with a sniper rifle, they don't show that stuff. Uh, so I don't know. It's just uh, I I do like I do feel like in these movies they gave her a much bigger role, and it and because of that, it made certain characters like Jean and Scott, people who were the original first class, dialed back. And that's not their fault. I think that's just how they wrote the movies. And while it's while it's a kind of an issue, it doesn't ruin the movies. Not really. I just no, not really. I mean, in all honesty, in Days of Future Past, her the, her mutant DNA was key in creating those uh, nomad-looking sentinels in the future. So she was she did play a key part in in like Days of Future Past to keep making sure she survives and not get captured and stuff like that. So it's 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 kind of it's kind of important. But I do agree to a certain extent that. In Apocalypse, there's only there are certain characters that had a lot of development and certain ones that didn't. Uh, Cyclops had no development. Gene barely. Kurt didn't. Kurt, Kurt Wagner or Nightcrawler didn't have development. Jubilee, Jubilee never has development. Jubilee is in every X Men movie and never has development. That's a character that doesn't have any development. And and, and I guarantee you, in Dark Phoenix, he's not gonna get any <laughs> in that one. That's a character who always gets outside of Shadowcat. Will always get will, uh, Shadowcat became more relevant literally in Last Stand and and in Days of Future Past, and because they gave that line like the Rogue, which was not I don't even understand why they did that, but and it's probably because it was Anna Paquin, but and and so I. <laughs> Yeah, I agree to to like I said to a certain extent there there was not a lot of character development at least not for the entire cast. Even even uh what's his face? Uh Striker had a little bit of development. <laughs> so, I I mean, it it's uh, it, you know, here's the thing. When a lot of when you have a lot of characters in a movie, there are going to be some that get that not not get thrown to the wayside but get lesser development in the future in in, in a mo in a situation so i, I it just can't be helped it, it, it sucks but it can't be helped it, they did it in infinity war while everyone not everybody had a huge character development they all had parts in the movie but not everybody had these huge arcing developments in the film you know it was just like cap was just there uh cap like sam you know Black Widow. There's all these characters that they were there. They were they were good parts in the movie. They were helpful in the movie, like. But they were not. They were not. There there was like this huge arcing development in the film for them, because you know. So and you'll probably and you will get that more because they made it clear that like in Infinity in Avengers Four, Cap and Natasha are gonna have a, a bigger arc. Same thing with Banner. So, so in certain moments, sometimes it just happens. And so to to crucify an entire film for it is is wrong when you like i said when you have that many characters in a, in a film not everyone's gonna get the limelight or 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 they're not gonna get a lot of it so it, you know and even in the end gene gray had no because even gene gray had some development in apocalypse because of her powers and stuff like that so it's but it was it was a little bit and like cyclops like i said it was a, it was a little bit was it huge no, was it you know was it game changing uh, to a certain degree? It was a little bit, and so I I it just like I said it can't be helped. We got that many characters, 
it can't be helped. And I didn't know Ty Sheridan from anything else, anything, until he played Cyclops. Then I saw him. I was like, oh, that's a guy in Ready Player One. Okay. So I, I honestly didn't know him very well. And I didn't know Sophie Turner was in Game of Thrones until she showed up as Jean Grey. So I, so to me, that's like a, that's a lot of a big eye opener for me. So, so to they kind of like were overshadowed by other big names: Michael Fassbender, Oscar Isaac, you know, James McAvoy, Jennifer Lawrence. It's not their fault. It's just that's just how it is. It's you know, in movies, you know, when they're they were not originally the main characters. They didn't start out in the movie, so it just can't. It's it's it, it it's it's can't be helped. Now in Dark Phoenix, the relationship between Gene and Scott is going to be more. It's going to be more developed, and it has to in this movie because the movie's about is about Gene. So his relationship with Scott's relationship with Gene is going to be more elaborate at this at this point. Uh, granted, we're going to talk. It's, grant, I'm not going to. Okay, let's be real. And Dark Phoenix, you're going to see a lot about, it's going to be about, a lot about Xavier and his mess, uh, a lot about his relationship with Magneto, his relationship with, with with Mystique. So those things are still going to come into play. Um, did, did Beast have a lot of uh, character development in, in Apocalypse? No, no, he didn't. Not really. He had a little bit. He had a little bit with uh, him and, and Mystique, but not not a lot. No, he didn't either, and he's been in it since the first movie. So I'm just, you know, his his huge development arc was in the first movie, and I think he's gonna have a huge development arc in the, in Phoenix as well. But like in between, like Days of Future Past and Apocalypse, he was just there. <laughs> and let's be real, he was just there. So, but that 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 can't be helped. That that sometimes that just happens. Um, now. Wolverine's appearance in Apocalypse. For those who haven't seen the movie, Wolverine pops up at a certain point when after Stryker captures uh, some of the uh, X-Men characters, you know, from uh, Raven, Moira Mattaggart, uh, Beast, Quicksilver. Who else did he grab? Beast, Quicksilver, Moira. I think that was it. He captured them because they are, they are the original ones he dealt with in Days of Future Past. Or at least, at least, beasts and stuff. So, it kind it kind of makes sense for him to be doing something with Wolverine. Here's and some he's like, well, it was fan service. Well, yes, it was. Here's the thing: was it fan service? Yes. Was it was it awesome? Yes. Was it needed? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And this is why because we we already know the outcome of Wolverine because of the movies. But at the same time, we wanted to see what happened to him after Days of Future Past because his present self was captured. You know, that was fished out of the out of the lake after Magneto threw him in there, and so we wanted. To, we know he survived because we see it in the in his future self in Days of Future Past, and the fact that he's in Logan means he survived. But we wanted to know what happened to him. So the fact that they showed him being that he was being experimented on by Stryker. And in in the facility when he captured the other characters and the fact that Cyclops and Gene and Kurt released him explains what happened with the character, how he got out. I think that was good. I think it's smart. I mean, the fact they redid it. They literally, this is what they did with Days of Future Past. They took, they took X-Men Wolverine Origins and X-Men The Last Stand and slapped them both in the mouth and sent them to their room and retold the story. So they're like, no, that's not what happened to Wolverine. This is what happened to Wolverine. Hey, I'll take that. I'll take that. And the fact that Gene kind of helped him, 
kind of gave him back a little bit of his humanity. Also makes sense of their connection later in the 2000 movie. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. So I, I'll, I'll, well, actually, if the if 2000 movie even technically exists because of Days of Future Past, I don't know. Technically, maybe that movie doesn't exist. I don't know. So <laughs> I'm just saying I think it makes sense. And it was just perfectly, was it fan service? Of course. Is this the best Wolverine we've seen? Yes. I love Hugh Jackman. I think he was fantastic as Wolverine. And I loved him in The Wolverine. He looks sick, especially when he was fighting uh, the real Silver Samurai, not the giant robot BS, but the real Silver Samurai. And I think he looked great. Uh, the, uh, it's just like Vader in Rogue One. That's the best Wolverine we saw in all these movies. Uh, no, I liked him in United. In X-Men United, he's really good. You got to see his Berserker rage in X-Men United, and I was very happy about that. And he was really, I liked, and he was really good in Days of Future Past. He looks awesome in Days of Future Past. So I feel like his appearance, because he showed up in first class, he made a cameo appearance in first class. Was that fan service? Yes. So it it, it doesn't it, it makes sense that they would kind of fan service Wolverine again. So I'm okay with that. It's just showing that he still exists in the timeline. While he's may may not be one of the one of the characters in the movie from overall. He still exists, and he's still there, and I think it's a nice little nod. I just, I don't know. I can, I can never be upset with that, and I, <laughs> I just, no, I can't. I can't be upset with that. Uh, one of the issues he also brought up was Mystique's role in, in the movie. <laughs> he said that she had a way bigger arc in the past films. No, she didn't. She did not have a bigger arc. She had, she had, I think her biggest, here's the thing. Her biggest character development was, I mean, she, like every in every movie, she kind of had a bit of a development in the movie. Um, she in in first class, it was about her being being comfortable with herself because you know you see Xavier, she was super she was super in love with Xavier, but Xavier was always talking to all these you know normal girls at the pub, and she he never paid attention to her, not really, and he only saw her at at some point like a sibling more than anything else. And it, and then it wasn't until uh, Eric or, or Magneto paid attention to her that she started to feel like comfortable with being herself, like her true self. And so it wasn't until he lost her that Xavier paid attention to her. And so and then when you, and then when you see her in Days of Future Past, this is after X amount of years where she's no longer with Magneto because she's she's on the run at this point. She's a fugitive. She's tired of doing dirty stuff with Magneto. So she was like, hey, I'm I'm doing my own thing now. She she was literally on the run the entire time. And it was kind of like in her in that arc, she was almost going back to her old ways. She started to kind of she you can see in in actually I take it back. You can see in Days of Future Past you can see her becoming what she was in Apocalypse, which was essentially like a mutant underground person, really trying to find out what happened what happened to certain mutants she knew, and when she found out they were dead, she went after Trask because uh, it was a revenge thing. But like at the same time, you can see her arc steering into a different direction where she was kind of becoming more of a good guy. Now, people are like, well, she was never a good guy in the comic books. That, okay, yeah, yeah, to a certain degree, but she did work, work with the X-Men on multiple occasions. There were a time, and there was like there was an X Men comic book where she was she was with Bishop and and Storm. I forget why they were working together, and they were working together. 
Bishop had to check her a couple of times, and I think Storm checked her a couple of times, but she still worked with the good guys. Y'all tend to forget, in the X-Men comic books, some of these villains worked with the X-Men or were X-Men members. Sabretooth was at one point. Magneto led the X-Men at one point. Juggernaut was part of the X-Men at one point. I mean, you guys tend to forget some of these villains were X-Men members and vice versa, you know? So it, it, it's not outside the realm of possibility for Mystique to to steer towards good. Now, could she turn back? Well, of course, because that's usually how X-Men characters work. <laughs> the, the revolving door at the X-Mansion is ridiculous. So, um, so yeah, it is possible for her to turn go you know, back to her old ways. Just like Magneto is possible to go back to his old ways because it's Magneto. That's what he does. Magneto is so back and forth, it's ridiculous. I've, uh, he's, there's one moment he's always like, you know, sort of, you know, the mutants must rule over the world. And now they're like, let's work together. And then, then he's like, all right, leave me alone. And now he's like, let's roll the world. And, you know, so it's, he's always, he does that all the time. So don't be surprised. I'm not surprised that Magneto's back and forth. I just, I, and I, I and actually, and I like the direction he took with him in Apocalypse. He was trying so hard to just live a normal life. Brother got married. He had a kid. He had a regular nine to five, and and it was because he accidentally used his powers to save one of his crewmates, as when he got exposed, and then they and then they killed his family. Granted, it was by accident, but they killed his family, it made him snap, and feel like that he can never have peace. No matter what he does, he can never have peace, and that's why Magneto or Apocalypse caught the, it caught the attention of Magneto. Excuse me, Magneto just doing you know. Doing what he did caught the attention of Apocalypse, and that's why he became one of the Four Horsemen. So, it's not, and especially because Magneto can actually literally destroy the world, you, you know, using all the magnetic fields against itself. Now, granted, in the comic books, he did use a device to help enhance his powers to do so, but with, with Apocalypse's help, he was able to do that. So, it's not surprising that he used that Magneto was being used by Apocalypse. So I'm just it's it's but I just think it was a very smart thing to do with with Magneto. But I just feel like to sit there and say that that Mystique's roles were was much deeper and more in the other movies. They're 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 deep enough, but they weren't like she wasn't like the the her role was not like the she I don't know. I just feel like her role as a character was not pivotal. I say I think she was more of a pivotal role in Apocalypse as she will be in this one. Because she kind of helped, she's helping. She helped train the the current X Men team, and she's kind of helping lead with that with Xavier and stuff like that. So she has a bigger role. She has a bigger role in Apocalypse, especially because she's like the like under like mutant underground like like hero, like unsung hero. You know, in like even like Storm idolized her. She like she fights back and she takes care of the mutants and stuff like that. And so they, you know, and then when they saw her literally fighting, when she saw her fighting back you know, against Apocalypse, even Storm realized, wow, maybe she's fighting Apocalypse. There's something up, there's something to this. She changed. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I think it was perfectly fine. And like I said, that's, it got, but that also goes to show you that Storm did have a little bit of character development in Apocalypse too. Wasn't a lot, but it was, there was something there. So I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. Now, one of the things he also mentioned that, that Apocalypse was depowered, and I kind of mentioned earlier that yeah, he wasn't as strong as he is in the comic book. Like Apocalypse is very powerful. Now, now to let's let's make it clear, he was very powerful in the movie, very very powerful. 
Was he as powerful as he was in the comic books? No. Could he have been? Yes. But it would have been harder to explain. It would have been harder to explain. They simplified Apocalypse for this movie. They really did. I'm not going to lie. They did. They did. Because, Like I said, if you go look at, if you look into like Apocalypse backstory, this boy has a lot of backstory. It's deep. And that's before he even gets into like the 1900s. I mean, this, and, but what do you expect? The brother's 4,000 years old. <laughs> he was alive during like ancient Egypt. You know, he was the first mutant alive in ancient Egypt, or at least recorded in ancient Egypt. And he lived from then all the way till like current time. So, yes, he has a lot of backstory. So to to do here's the thing, and I and I'm just gonna make this clear about Apocalypse. To do a hundred percent accurate Apocalypse would have been its own movie by itself. I'm I'm serious. Or or may or that or X Men Apocalypse would have to be like a three hour film because the first part of it would have to explain Apocalypse. And I'm serious. He has he's done a lot. And like I said, if you want everything about him, and we're talking about big giant cyborg like Apocalypse, you need to bring up you need to bring up the celestial ship. You need to bring up the celestial armor and all the different technology and the technoviruses, all that stuff to make him the way he was in the comic book to, to fit how he, he would have been in the movie. And that have been that's a that's a movie by itself. <laughs> it really is. And you can't montage that. You can't montage clip that as an intro. There's it's there's no because it needs to be explained. And I would be I, I would be sitting there explaining to my friends what that meant. And and I would have. <laughs> oh, so you know that was when he took the he had this, that was the celestial ship and blah 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 blah. And so I'm like, so that's why I'm like, you know, you guys, it's just it's the way they did it was it was a simplified yes. Was it bad? Not by any means. So I appreciate what they did, you know, with him and the fact that he still he still created his own horseman and everything was still very smart. I, I love the fact that he was using the technology from, you know, that he used back in the day in his old like palace to pretty much continue to prolong his life and give him more powers to augment himself even more was still really good. It's it's pretty accurate because he was all about the immortality and augmenting himself to be the strongest. So, yeah, no, I, I think it was perfectly fine. Um, could he have been stronger? Yes, like I said. But to do that, you would have to tap into other parts of his backstory, which would have been hard to explain without it being, like, this huge exposition in the movie. And he was complaining about exposition. Like, first of all, Make up your mind. Do you want do you want them to clarify things in a movie about a character, or do you want them to just? I mean, I I don't know. I feel like sometimes people don't you know, they can't make up their mind what they want. They're never pl- happy. So here's one thing I I will agree with a hundred percent. There was no there that there was no Mister Sinister, and I agree with that. They had and they were saying that Mister Sinister should have been first, and I agree with that as well. Because Mister Sinister would have led to Apocalypse. Apocalypse would have led to Dark Phoenix. I agree with that. And Apocalypse actually did lead to Dark Phoenix because even he was so, and when he saw the power from her, he was like, oh, he understood. So it kind of made him go like, oh, yeah, we're, we're leading into Dark Phoenix. Like he knew. And so when he knew, I knew what they were going to do. The next movie was Dark Phoenix. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're doing Dark Phoenix after this. And it was just like, it was very clear. But I do agree that they probably should have done Nathaniel first. Uh, Nathaniel, a.k.a. Mr. Sinister. Because that would have delved more into the genetics part of it. And that had been a good excuse to bring in uh, Apocalypse, who was about genetics. They Essentially, what they did with Apocalypse was put him in a 4,000-year sleep and then wake him up 
and he went and he pretty much his goal at this point was to continue with his task again to, to his original plan which is what he did anyways now granted i think that one of the things they didn't do for apocalypse was the fact that the boy's a genius he's a genius and so they didn't use that genius intellect in the movie he was still smart he was very smart he still you know he learned he and he's able to learn fast and stuff like that and using his powers and stuff like that and reestablishing like like dominance more or less but his they never used his his genius intellect and so you missed out on that but i do agree that you know not having mr sinister kind of like preface uh uh apocalypse they missed out they missed out on the opportunity or even have him in the movie have him revive they could have had him revive apocalypse and help him enhance him even more to the point where he's wearing the tech suit uh, the the celestial armor, or and it may not even necessarily be called the celestial armor. It it could have been you. It could have been augmentation suit or something like that. Oh, you need to wear the suit because it helps it helps further your aug- augment your powers and your abilities and stuff like that. Blah 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 blah. That have been you know. There's a way they could have done it, but yeah, they the fact that they didn't use sinister in this uh, in this was a missed opportunity. And so I agree. I agree on that. Now somebody said <laughs> I was reading that you know what they should have done for the movie. They should have done X Men First Class. X-Men Onslaught, then X-Men Apocalypse. You guys are a bunch of idiots. First of all, this is why you shouldn't do Onslaught. Onslaught before Dark Phoenix? No. No. First of all, you understand, in order for Onslaught to happen, Magnet- uh, Xavier will have to have part of Magneto's consciousness in his mind. <laughs> and it, you have to, and you, but you have to explain how that happened. You can't, the war, and, yeah, no, no. Onslaught was, first of all, Onslaught was like a five-parter, like, series, because Onslaught kept evolving in different forms, and in order to bring in Onslaught, you have to bring in other characters, you have to bring in the Fantastic Four, because he went after Franklin Richards, you're, you're, you're biting off bigger, a bigger story than you realize, and to do, and here's the thing, to do Onslaught before Apocalypse, to do Onslaught before Dark Phoenix, no, do Onslaught before The Brood? Oh God, no! <laughs> I was just like, no, no, no. Uh, uh-uh. uh. That's it's like the worst idea ever. Well, onslaught would have been good to see. Yes. Would you? Should you do it before Apocalypse or Dark Phoenix? No. <laughs> no. And I read on there that somebody said that Logan was a better movie, and I will slap you in the mouth. I will slap you in the mouth. That there's no way Logan's better than than uh, Apocalypse. And here's my reasons why. The story didn't make sense. What, what was the real plot? Because you want to talk about the plot didn't make sense for Apocalypse. What was the plot to Logan? Oh, he's just living life in the desert, you know, and, and, and on the run because Xavier killed all the mutants and killed the X-Men. And blah, blah, blah. You, know, you know how all the mutants died? They, they put something in the water. I'm dead serious. They put something in the water. Do you know why Wolverine was dying? He was dying from metal, he was dying from metal poisoning. Do you understand that's not even accurate? Now, granted, yes, that's why his mutant powers were, were kicked up to 100% because he had foreign objects in his body, which is the adamantium. But in the comic books, that he didn't die from metal poisoning. He <laughs> And actually, in the comic books, you know why his healing factor stopped working? It's because he was hit with a serum that actually neutralized his, mutant, his, his healing factor. So, they, so and, and the fact that they killed, literally killed off all the mutants... And killed off all the X-Men after everything that happened in Days of Future Past made no sense. So Logan Logan as a, as a story and as a movie can stuff it. And the relationship between him and X-23 was dumb. 
Stuff it. I will fight anybody about that. I will, right now, we go outside with foam bats in my backyard. I have a big backyard. We'll chase each other and hit each other with foam bats, and, I will argue, and I'll fight you on this whole, on Logan being better than Apocalypse. I will do it, and I will not feel bad about it. <laughs> I'm serious. Story-wise, Logan was dumb. Ugh. Logan literally is the Dark Knight Rises of the X-Men series. It's, oh, oh, I can't believe he would say that. Oh. <laughs> now, now, with all that said, I actually, here's my issues. And I only had a couple of issues. Um, I didn't like the fact they had Betsy working for Caliban. And for those who don't know who Betsy is, I'm talking about Elizabeth Braddock, a.k.a. Betsy, a.k.a. Psylocke. She was like an underling of Caliban. What? This girl was an assassin at one point in her life. She worked for the Hand, and she's working for Caliban? No! 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 I just, ugh. I just, I feel like, even if you, even if you didn't directly ex- explain, now, I think Solid was fantastic in Apocalypse. She looked good. Olivia Munn killed it. Killed it as, as Psylocke. Killed it. And that's another character that didn't have that didn't have uh, character development, but that was okay. I was okay with that because she was so good. She was so good as a, as like a bad guy character. She was so good. I loved it. I loved Psylocke. I wish she's in Dark Phoenix. I, I wish they'd done more with this character. I wish she was in, in a future project. She was so good. I hope Kevin Feige looks at how Olivia Munn did Psylocke and bring her back so she could play the character again in the MCU. She did so good. Oh, she was. She made her look so hardcore. It was so good. I, I, I love you. I love you, man, for that. I love you so much for that. And the fact that she wanted to make sure that the, her, her, the costume was comic book accurate and stuff like that. And even then, they still did some things to it to change it up. But it was still comic book accurate, and she loved it. Ah, oh, you're. That's why you're the best, Olivia. You're the best. Um, yeah, I feel like that. If if Apocalypse should have found her working for like an. Uh, like as a merc or, or for like a secret organization doing like assassination work and he would have found her and be like, hey, let me use your powers. You're very good at what you do, I can, but I can give you more. His whole speech, I can make you more. I, know, I can make you more powerful, blah, 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 blah. And she would take it. Uh, and one of the things I also didn't like, yeah, I also didn't like that they turned uh, Warren Worthington III, a.k.a. Angel, a.k.a. Archangel into a cage fighter. I thought that was dumb. I know it was a way to introduce how people were treating mutants, and you know, especially in the '80s, they're taking them and putting them in cage fights and stuff like that. And so, and that, and that gives you more a backstory for for Mystique and why and how she saved uh, Nightcrawler and stuff. So that's fine. I, I it could have been anybody else, and I understand that they did that to introduce Warren. So when Apocalypse found him, he can turn him into Archangel. I get it. You, you almost can't have Apocalypse without Archangel, and I get it. Granted, he didn't have a big role either. He just was a horse, one of the horsemen of Apocalypse, which is fine. That doesn't bother me. Warren was not one of my favorite characters anyways in the comic books, and I only liked him back when he was... Here's, here's a couple of times I liked him. I liked him when he's one of the horsemen of the Apocalypse, of Apocalypse, of the Apocalypse, of Apocalypse, and I liked him when he, was in, when he had a relationship with Psylocke because there's a Crimson Dawn comic book series when he was with Psylocke because... Psylocke almost died fighting Sabretooth in, in, in a previous comic. And and at that time, I think they were together. And so, Arch, so Archangel 
went and made and made some deal to save her life but by doing that it gave her the crimson dawn which is that red she had a red tattoo over her eye and she had that for a while and then but it, it, it made this really cool story arc when it was just them two fighting these bad guys it was so good it was so good but that was the only time i actually liked archangel I mean, he kind of came more of a, he was a tool before he was Archangel, then he became a tool later after, he, in the Extreme X-Men comic books, he was kind of a tool. So, I, I mean, I didn't, so him not having a bigger role in the story didn't hurt my feelings that much either. Um, one of the other things I didn't like was they killed Havoc. They killed Alex Summers. Why they kill him, I have no idea. I, I, I know they used, uh, and, uh, I know if this was kind of a way to push Scott to do more, but there's a way they could have done that. Here's a way they could have done it. They could have had taken a, had Apocalypse capture uh, Alex and made him a horseman. That would have pushed Cyclops to do more, not kill him. I think killing him was a bad decision. I know, and I know it was for story-driven stuff to get to get Scott to be like, "Oh no, I need to do more. I lost my brother. Let me do more." But I feel like if they made him a horseman, that would have pushed him to do more. And I, I would, I would have, I, I would have, I'd have been okay with. It. I would have rather have that. No, I liked everybody who horseman. Storm as a horseman was really good. He could have been like an underling. I don't know. I feel like they could have used him. There was a better way to use Havoc other than to introduce him, introduce Scott to, to Xavier, to, and to bring him in so he can we can have the Scott and Gene, like love story. Which in itself is, I I have no I have no opinion on, I have no opinion to give about the Scott and Gene love story. Yeah, we know it has to happen. There's no Wolverine to make it worse, or not to make it worse to challenge it. Because, anyways, because Wolverine and Gene are, are, are were the best, anyways. So, uh, but that's not the point. The point is is that I didn't like the fact they killed Alex, and I think that was a bad. That was a bad decision in a, in a situation where the character is himself was not used a lot, anyways. The fact that like he, I mean, he showed up in Days of Future Past, but he was like use not useless, but he was kind of pointless. It was just to show that he still existed, that he was in the military at the time, and that they were using mutants. Uh, it was a, it was a it was a way to explain what they were using mutants for during the Vietnam War. And and, and Stryker was in charge of those mutants, and she helped like pretty much. Get them out, so they don't they don't not being used and abused by the military. That's fine, and uh, and the fact that they had them come back in Apocalypse, I was okay with that. I was actually, I like I would rather I would have been more okay with him running around with Xavier investigating in Sabanur. Like seriously, if he was out there investigating who Apocalypse was with Xavier, like have them be like a team while Scott and Jean were doing their thing at the mansion. That would have been really cool and not kill them all like they did. I think that was dumb. But other than that, I love that movie. I Like I said, I think the fact that they it, it, it pushed Xavier to realize that he has to train his, his, his students to fight, to defend themselves and to fight, is, is very good. And people are mad like, well, it looks like they're trying to turn the X-Men into the Avengers. Are you, have you not read a comic book? <laughs> the X-Men are the Avengers for, for mutant kind. Are you are you have you not paid attention? Go read go read I have it's like the there's a X-Men uh, essential X-Men com, uh like graphic novel it's all the old 1970s X-Men 1960 1970s X-Men comics 
What do you think they were doing back then? They were fighting Magneto and stuff like that. They're preventing him from taking over places and using nuclear nuclear weapons against the you know against the world and all this stuff. That's what they were doing back then. So to sit there and be like, well, I can't believe they you know they turned him into a team and started helping them defend the defend the city, defend the world. That's what they did. It was <laughs> now. After uh, they did it more so in like later comics because of stuff, but most of the time their fighting was more mutant related. It was all you know, but they still did it. So stop acting like it's new. <laughs> and there's an X Men. Is it Astonishing X Men? And the Astonishing X Men. I might have mentioned this before. In Astonishing X Men, this is a story arc where they bring back Colossus because. They were using Colossus' body to uh, create the cure for the mutant mutant gene, but in order for him to, in order for it to work, they needed a live host. So they brought Colossus back. They used alien technology and brought him back to life, and that's where Kitty finds him in this like chamber, and like you know he was in he was in he was literally a prisoner and a test subject. But in that comic, Cyclops like we need to you know we need to put give a more positive publicity for mutants because there at the time I think it's still were they still 137 at the time it was it's still after like the house of m phenomenon so they were still like not in the best light right at that moment but they so part of what they did was patrol the city and and stop and 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 and, and crime fight and so the fact that they're doing it in the movie is actually accurate because they, they did it in the comics and even and even over, and even Cyclops are like we're doing this. <laughs> At one point he's all and they're like what? He's like yeah, we have to do this. This is this is a better this is to help us look good to everybody else. If they see us out there saving lives, you know, getting kittens out of trees, it's going to give mutants a bigger a, a better light, especially after everything that's happened after the House of M phenomenon because they blame mutants for that. And it was cuz it was Wanda that did it. So yeah, I, I it's it's I have no problem with the fact that they're doing something that happened in the comic books anyways. So I that's my that's my feel about X Men Apocalypse. I think it's a fantastic movie. I still think it's a fantastic movie. I will defend it more than anything. Now and I've read people like, well, I'd rather watch this than Wolverine or any of the Wolverine movies or X Men The Last Stand, and I agree with that as well. But the, to to put it in that kind of a, but to put it in that kind of like that that parameter is unfair to the movie because the movie is very good and deserves, and it deserves more. What's the word I want to use? It deserves more accolades than than that. So that's my take on X Men Apocalypse and some of the negative, you know, things it's getting from certain people. And so, that's the, anyway, tell me how you feel. Did you like X-Men Apocalypse? Did you not like X-Men Apocalypse? Did you like the way I, Oscar Isaac played Apocalypse? Who was your favorite character in, in the movie? If you liked the whole Quicksilver scene, that's who didn't. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty. So, but who didn't? And so, but like like I said, what... what and, and, and then my next question to ask, since... The MCU now officially has the X-Men, and they've also confirmed that Kevin Feige is spearheading the X-Men and integrating them to the MCU. What characters would you like to see in the in the X-Men universe stand out more? Jubilee, people like Caliban, Bishop, uh, 
uh, who who would you like to see see actually have a bigger role in the movies that they that either they've never done before or they've 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 always had a small role. I would love to see Jubilation Lee and Wolverine actually have their father daughter relationship like him. Like I here's the thing. I, let's dial it back. Let's 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 take it back. I want to see Kitty and Wolverine have their father daughter relationship. And then eventually it be it it go to Jubilee because he did it twice. He, he Wolverine was always always playing dad in the comic books. He did it first with Shadowcat, then he did it with Jubilee. I want to see those things happen. I want to see him be the dad. You know, they kind of did it with the with the X Men movies with Rogue, kind of, but he was super super protective of Kitty and Jubilee in the comics, and I want to see that again. If whenever whoever they recast as Wolverine. I want to see that. I want to see that. That has to happen because that's what showed you what kind of person Wolverine was outside of his his love relationship for Jean Grey. You see the father figure part of him, and he did it with Marrow too. When Marrow started, be, became part of the X Men. It was a more rougher relationship, but he was kind of a father figure with Marrow because she was like she was like the beyond scared straight kind of kid, like just angry. I mean, she was a Morlock. She was living on the ground. She was, you know, she was a foster kid. So she was like, and she had a lot of anger. And Wolverine's like, you need to do something with that anger. She's like, what are you going to do about it? And they, they always got in fights and stuff like that. So she, so, but he, he, he helped put her on the path, you know. So I would actually love to see Mera. I would love, that's, that's my, as an X-Men fan and as a fan of Wolverine, that's the one thing I want to see from Wolverine in the MCU is him being the father figure that he always was. Two very specific characters. Like I said, Shadowcat, Jubilee, and Marrow. You know, and then he eventually became a leader. He wasn't a leader right away, but he became, eventually became a leader. He, he led the X-Men at one point. He led the X-Force at an, in another situation. So, yeah, I want to see him, de- Wolverine, develop into that. They, they tried to do it in The Last Stand. It didn't work so well, but I want I want to see him develop into that. He was kind of forced to be a leader in Last Stand because they killed Cyclops. But I want to see that. I want to see that happen. You know, and among other characters, you know, getting some real limelight, like Havoc. Havoc needs some real limelight. You know what I mean? I want to see I want to see the relationship between Alex and Lorna actually happen in the comics. Now, it's kind of hard because in, in Gifted, Lorna's like running things. She's She is like literally the Brotherhood. <laughs> She's leading the Brotherhood right now and having babies and stuff. So I, I know that like they probably won't, maybe they won't pull from that. But I still want to see Alex Summers show up and be really havoc and not not do what they did with him in the first class series was kind of make him a super super side character even though he sh- even though he did stuff they still made him a side guy it was just so like ugh. i would rather see him more than mystique because he was kind of a cool character mystique wasn't bad i just feel like if if you're gonna bring in the brother of cyclops make him be don't just have him be the brother of cyclops have him be something just, even even in the movies, he was just a brother of Cyclops. It's so bad. I hate that. I hate that so much. It was so... It's like, if you're going to have him be there first, make him big. Make him important. Make him... Give him a reason outside of bringing in Scott in a, like... Because he... Ugh, that's that's what I need. That's what I need. I need these characters who were never really given the proper honor and respect as X-Men characters or mutants to have that in the MCU. You know, people like I said, people like Havoc, people like Jubilee, people like Shadowcat. Shadowcat. It took three movies before they actually made Shadowcat important. Uh, 
I know they did. I know Juggernaut was. In, I know Juggernaut and Black Tom Cassidy were in Deadpool too. I know I was spoiled by that. Uh, but have people like that have the Inner Circle? I know the Inner Circle's in Gifted, but have the the the, the Hellfire Club, the real Hellfire Club. I mean, the one they had in in First Class was okay, but bring in the Hellfire Club, like for real, for real. The Inner Circle. The, I mean, Gifted, the show Gifted is doing a really good job bringing in certain characters, like the Cuckoo Sisters. I mean, they're doing the, they're doing the Inner Circle. I mean, they're doing a really good job with that, and I I want them. The fact that Lorna is a character, I'm just like, is, is one of the main characters in the show. It shows you that like they knew what they they knew what they did wrong and what they're trying to do, and so I appreciate that. So, but do that with the X Men franchise. Do bring in these characters that a lot of us appreciate. You know, bring in Mister Sinister. Bring in you know, have him like make Caliban the big bulk guy he he was at one point. Uh, bring in Magneto again and have you know bring in because Magic's gonna be in New Mutants. So bring in Colossus and Magic have Magic die. Have Colossus become a, a acolyte of Magneto because he because he did turn at one point. And then so I mean, they bring there's whole things you can do with the Legacy Virus. I mean, the Cure, the War with Magneto, the uh, Asteroid M, Genosha. I mean, there's so many things that can be done. So that's that's what I think we should be, I, we should get from the MCU. But let me know what you guys think. What what two questions? Two questions. What did you like or did not like about X-Men Apocalypse? Because there's both sides of that. And what would you love Kevin Feige to to do with the not only X-Men characters, but mutants in general? Because now the term mutants is now going to be re, going to be introduced into the MCU. So that opens the door to every mutant that exists in Marvel Comics. So who would you like Kevin Feige to literally bring forth in the MCU, especially through the X-Men? There, there you go. Those are your two questions right there. So this, this has been a long one, but I knew it was going to be longer because I had a lot to say about X-Men Apocalypse and about my people, the X-Men. Because like I said, I always look forward to talking about X-Men because they're my, they've always been my favorite even since ever since I was a kid. And they're the ones that got me reading the comic books in the first place. So I will never not want to talk about <laughs> X-Men. And guess what? We're going to be doing it again tomorrow. So uh, you guys have a good one. Make sure y'all drink your B12 because I'm a B12 like supplement right here. Don't, don't drink it. You got to have that energy. That, you got to have that good energy because, you know, while those energy drinks are good, they ain't good for you. <laughs> so this has been an episode of Real Talk. This is House of Darkner. Have a good one and drink natural, tasty, healthy stuff. I mean, sometimes. You don't do it all the time, but sometimes. All right? I'm, I'm talking way too much. You can tell. You can tell this B12 is working. I'm talking way too much. <laughs>